as the children make their way to the Sunday school, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 12. But when you saw that Nahash, the king of Ammonites, was coming against you, you said to me, No, we must have a king reign over us, even though the Lord your God is your king. First Samuel chapter 12, verse 12. But when you saw that Nahash, the king of Ammonites, was coming against you, you said to me, No, we must have a king reign over us, even though the Lord your God is your king. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord God. We come to you again. Let your Holy Spirit work in and through us, Lord, so that we may receive this word to us and we may, our lives may be transformed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is Samuel, the prophet Samuel, his words to the nation of Israel. Let me just give you a little bit of background, how Samuel reached to this point. As you know, God chose Abraham. Abraham was not part of God's, um, you know, there was no nation at that time. God created Adam and Eve and they sinned, and subsequently many other people came. And one day God chose a man called Abraham. And then he promised him that he will have a son. And then through that son, his, um, his generation will be multiplied. And he made a promise to Abraham, say that your, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars of the sky, and the uh, sand of the seashore. And then Abraham had a son. His name was Isaac. Isaac had a son, Jacob. As had two sons, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob had 12 sons. And one of the sons' name was Joseph. Joseph was very prophetic. He could have dreams and visions. And one day he had a dream and he told his brothers and his father that in his dream he saw his brothers bowing down before him and that kind of affected the brothers and brothers decided to sell him to slaves and they um, they sold him to slave traders and finally Joseph landed in Potiphar's house while he was there he was accused of uh, having a um, illicit relationship with the Potiphar's wife. He, it was, he was accused, he didn't do anything. And then he was put in prison. While he was in the prison, he had to interpret dreams for a cupbearer and a baker. And the baker was hanged while the cupbearer was released. And he was in Pharaoh's prison. And as he was doing service to Pharaoh, the cupbearer, Pharaoh had a dream. In, his, in Pharaoh's dream, um, he didn't know how, what is the interpretation of that dream. And suddenly the cupbearer said, oh, I know somebody 
who interpret dreams that's why i'm here today and his name is joseph where is he he is in prison so one one moment joseph was in prison and the next moment he was summoned before pharaoh the most powerful person in the world at that time and uh, to cut the long story short pharaoh uh, asked him for the interpretation he gave the interpretation and immediately pharaoh made him the man in charge of all the outworking of that dream and as a result of that he became joseph became the prime minister of egypt so from israel he was went all the way to egypt and he became now the prime minister number 2 in that nation and then after some time joseph really was very wise god's hand was on him as a result of that uh, god gave him a lot of uh, favor from pharaoh and uh, his family grew while on the other side israel began to face famine and they heard that there were grains in egypt so jacob sent his sons to egypt and J- there joseph recognized joseph recognized his brothers for the first time but he pretended that he didn't know them and to cut the long story short again uh, they had a wonderful reunion where joseph told his brothers you meant it for evil but god meant it for good it's a an amazing story of god's hand god's sovereignty and also god's forgiveness and restoration and both the families and and the pharaoh said why can't your brothers your family stay here and they were um, provided the best land for them to grow and that time they were on 70 people from jo- uh, jacob's family and that 70 grew over the years and multiplied and uh, as they grow grew um, they became powerful in the country and then pharaoh many pharaohs changed and then one one of the pharaoh the the leader he thought that this group is growing so powerful they are minority but if they join the enemy forces we will be in trouble therefore now onwards let us suppress them they began to suppress them they began to put hard labor on them and they became slaves in that nation so they were slaves now they started off very well and now they are slaves and then in a miraculous way um one of the uh, one of the uh, israelites family um um uh, that moses was born in one of those homes and moses was in an amazing way taken to pharaoh's palace and he grew up there and uh, almost 40 years he was in egypt and then in a mysterious condition a situation moses was uh, had to flee from pharaoh's place he went to um wilderness there he was there for 40 years while he was there a, through a burning bush god appeared to moses and god gave him a commission i want you to go back my people are in slavery i want you to go and deliver them i heard their cry and i want you to deliver them and moses then with the help of god and aaron perform great signs and wonders for pharaoh and he showed you know brought in 10 different plagues upon egypt and uh, every time the plague came upon them 
Pharaoh hardened his heart. And finally, God said, I'm going to send the angel of death upon Egypt. Every firstborn will die on that angel of, when the angel of death passes by. On, but you have to tell the Israelites, they are slaves, but get ready to move out of Egypt. On that night, they were asked to, they were asked to um, sacrifice a lamb. The blood of the lamb was to be applied on the doorpost. Right? And he said, wherever there is blood on the doorpost, such those homes will not will not uh, have the angel will not angel of death will not visit those homes. And every Israelite's home was saved. But every Egyptian home, their firstborn was struck down, including Pharaoh's firstborn. And they came out, and Moses led them through the wilderness, and there he had to part the Red Sea for them to cross over. From there, they moved to um, moved into um, uh, uh, as they passed through. Um, they were provided water from the rock. They were provided manna and quail from heaven. Their food was provided, and God kept providing for them. And one of those days, God asked Moses, "I want you to speak to the rock." First, He asked. Moses to strike the rock and the water came. Second time God asked Moses, I want you to speak to the rock. And Moses, instead of speaking to the rock, and he, sa- he struck the rock and God was upset with him. And he said, therefore, you will not enter the promised land. And then God raised Joshua. Joshua became the next leader, but he too had to Trust God. When he trusted God, first thing he had to do is crossing the Jordan River. And God made, there is, the, the land was, it, the river was parted and the ground became dry for Joshua and the people to cross over into the promised land which God promised, that is the land of Cana. And in that, and they, then there was a fall of Jericho. And after Joshua's time, Many judges came. Many of them didn't follow the ways of God. They did evil in the eyes of God. And then God raised a man. A man who was born to Elekna and Hannah. Um, a child was born. This child was dedicated to um, the work of the Lord um, through the hands of prophet um, Eli, the priest Eli. And um, Samuel grew up in the with the with the with the priest and uh, later he became one of the finest prophet israel has ever seen a great statesman right from his childhood till the end of his time um, samuel was a man dedicated to serve god that's the background of this amazing story and here in chapter 12 now there came a time, Israel has seen many wars along the way. As they were making their way into Canaan land, they had to fight the battle. They have fought battle without a king. They fought many battles. With the help of God, they won every battle. Every battle. And now they have reached to a place, it says... But when you saw that Nahash, the king of Ammonites, was coming against you, you said to me, 
No, we must have a king reign over us. Even though the Lord your God is your king. This is what the people did when Samuel was still their leader. He was not just a judge. He was a prophet. He was their leader. The, the people in chapter 8 verse 19. The people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we must have a king over us. Then we will be like all other nations. Our king will judge us. Our king will judge us, go out before us and fight our battles. And now it is time for Samuel is now old. In chapter 12, verse 1, Then Samuel said to all Israel, I have carefully listened to everything you said to me and placed a king over you. Now you can see that the king is leading you. As for me, I am old and gray and my sons are here with you. I have led you from my youth until now. Here I am, bringing charges against, bring charges against me before the Lord and his anointed, whose ox or donkey have I taken? Whom have I wronged or mistreated? From whom have I accepted a bribe or overlooked something? I will return it to you. Here is now Samuel old. He started as a very young child and now he is old. And he is now telling Israel, you have done a terrible thing. You have done a terrible thing. But when you saw that Nahash, the king of Ammonites, was coming against you, you said to me, no, we must have a king reign over us, even though the Lord your God is your king. So that's the background. Now, Israel as a nation, it was a nation God called into. He said, you will be my people and I will be your God. Always. And God, he said, I never change. Even today. The, the, the very plan of God was this, that you will be my people and I'll be your God. Through you, I will demonstrate the world what God I am. I will astound the world through you. I will I am going to use you. Therefore, you for you, I am your God. You have no king, you have no other God. I am your God, I am your king. That was God's original plan. But people didn't want that. We'll look at that in a, in a short while. They didn't like that idea. Right? So they wanted something different. And they had, uh, you know, their own plans. Now, you may think, that why am I sharing all that about what happened in the Old Testament? See, the... The formation of Israel as a nation and uh, all that they have done has a parallel connection to the church of Jesus Christ. 
the birth of the church also had some amazing intervention of god for example jesus came into this world and he said i will build my church and the gates of hades shall not prevail against it so he announced himself i will build my church he didn't say that i will build a church i will build my church and the gates of hades shall not prevail against it and then how did he do that he gathered a group of ordinary people people like you and i and they were fishermen most of them were fishermen not very you know men of any repute but they were ordinary fishermen he chose them and he gave them the commission to do the work not only he gave them the commission but he said this commission alone will not work you won't be able to do this you have to wait you have to wait for the holy spirit to come upon you when the holy spirit comes you will receive power and on the day of pentecost they received the power now you have heard this over and over again from me many times even from other places but i want you to pay attention today because there is a parallel connection to what happened to israel and what could happen to the church of jesus christ so they had this amazing entry into the church when holy spirit came the ordinary fishermen suddenly became very bold few weeks or few a few weeks prior to that incident they denied jesus now they want to be seen out in the open and they wanted to declare that's the power of the holy spirit and we must desire the not only the infilling of the holy spirit the manifestation of the holy spirit on daily life that we have right and then what happened was they preached the gospel 3000 people got water baptized on that day and then few days later another 5000 in between peter and john walking into the temple they saw this crippled man and he said what are you looking at us this is nothing in us we don't have silver and gold but we have something we give it to you that is this rise up in the name of jesus christ of nazareth and he held that man who was crippled for years and they have seen him many times in the past but the power of jesus enabled the ordinary disciples to function like jesus christ and the church must expect that and when few days later when peter was questioned and the same crippled man and he walked out and they were questioning the crippled man the pharisees they questioned jesus and now they questioned the crippled man how who did this why they why this happened and he said i don't know <laughs> and they were all looking at peter and john he said why are you looking at us there's nothing from us it is the jesus of nazareth that's what they said in acts chapter 4 So this is how God intended for the church to be in. But now go back to the story where Samuel is talking to the nation and saying to them, "You have done a terrible thing, but when you say that Nahash the king of Ammonites was coming against you, you said to me, 'No, we must have a king reign over us, even though the Lord your God is your king.'" their attitude number 1 their attitude was wrong they had they they were 
they were pushing for their views they were saying that all these years 40 plus years we've been passing through wilderness we are fighting many battles we fought many kings and their armies they all had a king but we don't have a king right now it is time we must have a king they forgot and there was a streak of rebellion that came they wanted to show that we are no less than the rest outside number two they wanted something new they wanted new experience how long we will go through this one judge to the other how long we will go through this one prophet to the other they didn't want any of those things. They want something new. They have a king. Their king sits on a throne. Their king has chariot. Until that point, Israel never really had an army. And they said, we must have a king. We wanted some, we want some thrill. We are not, we are not very happy with the old way of doing things. And they wanted something new. They wanted some thrill. And they had the same response when manna was provided for them daily. Do you know manna was provided daily at their doorstep? Better, no calls, no app, no swiggy, no zomatos, but manna was falling at the doorstep. Brothers and sisters, no one better than our God. No, no one can match our God. And they, they were grumble and God said, when manna was provided every day, anyone knows what is the recipe of manna? Anyone? If you know it, then it is not manna. As simple as that. It came from, came from heaven. And when they, when they were getting that, you know what they said after a few, few weeks and few months, they said, oh, what is this manna? Every day we are eating the same manna, same thing. It's boring. Oh, it would have been nice for us to have the soup and the garlic and all those things what we used to get in Egypt. How lovely it would have been back to be as slaves. And we can eat what they were giving. Brothers and sisters, this nation of Israel has forgotten that God did something amazing for them. But they chose to be ungrateful to him they got tired of the old they wanted a thrill and i think the church can lean towards those things we're all looking for thrill isn't it sometimes we can come for a sunday meeting and still look for thrill if you are looking for thrill can i say this is not the right place for you this is not the right place for you. We want to be as close as to Jesus. We want to be as close as to the original plan of God as a church. The third thing, they wanted to be like others. Others have a king, but God want, had a completely different plan. They wanted to be like others. God said, no, no, no. I want you to be very different. You, I want you to be different from others. How? Because you are my chosen nation. There are many nations in the world, but I chose you from nowhere. I chose you and I 
I'm giving you a land which doesn't belong to you. I'm giving you as an inheritance. It is the same story, brothers and sisters. When he called each one of us, those who know Christ Jesus, each one of us, when he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, not for us to be make this is our permanent home. He is saying that I'm calling you out. I'm taking you into a promised land and I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to spend my time with you for eternity. That is God's promise to us. And then he moved. He, they, had, they, wanted to be, they wanted to be like others. Their motives were very sincere. Oh, we, we also should have a king. We also should have this. We also should have an army. But the method went horribly wrong. You know, we, we have done something called LRS, Life Revision Seminar, which we really recommend anyone can attend this, but it just gives you uh, an amazing perspective of why we do, of what we do. And we went there, and we learned that in that, Dr. John really teaches us, we learned that the church should not take up the way of the world. Unfortunately, many churches, maybe some seated here, when I say church, it's not just, just the gathered people only, but maybe as an individual part of the church, you could also be in the same place that you are looking to adopt the things of the world as part of, part of your life. That's why I said, do not be confirmed to the um, things of this world. We are called to live in this world but not to behave like the world. And that is, I think, right from the beginning, the church struggled to deal with certain sections of the people. One is the youth. Honestly, every generation failed to understand how, um, how to really relate with the youth. We always come up with uh, um, new programs and new methods to keep them occupied. I don't think that is the programs will make their life any better. The intentions are genuine. The, 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 there's a sincerity in terms of what you want to achieve. But the method has to be very different. If it is anything moving away from God, and I can assure you, it will only lead our people more towards the worldly way. Why did they insist on having a king because in Judges chapter 2 verse 10 says you know remember what the Lord has done for you remember Israel forgot as a nation they forgot what God has done for them they forgot about their history they forgot they were slaves they forgot God sent a deliverer they forgot God did an amazing work in that Passover night and rescued people. Overnight, a nation came out of Egypt. They forgot that. They forgot how God provided water in the, in the desert. They forgot how God parted the Red Sea. They forgot how they, without a king, without an army, how God fought the battle for them and gave them victory after victory. They forgot I believe we behave sometimes as if nothing behind us. 
brothers and sisters we have a huge history behind us huge history you look back what god has not done for his people you look at your own life you can complain about what is not happening now but let me just assure you you look back and count your blessings and it will be beyond your ability to count them every single blessing that came on your way count your blessings count the number of things that god has done and we have short lived memory when it comes to the things of god we think that god has not done this for me now and like israel asking for a king and god said to samuel give them a king it it must have pain the heart of god and god is saying i am your king you are very different than from any other nations in this world let them have king let them have rulers for you i am your king that was his original plan for you you are my chosen people in first peter he talks about you are a chosen generation why brothers and sisters why we are a chosen generation because we are chosen by god we are chosen by god we are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation and this is what i like a people belonging to god a people belong to god you and i maybe we are citizens of this nation for for those who are from from not from this nation maybe you are a citizen of your nation but because of what jesus has done for you and i we don't belong in this world belong to this world we belong to the kingdom of jesus christ we belong to the kingdom of god and when they asked for a king and god said give it to them give them a king give them a king and then what happened then it started sliding down sometimes i believe god give things to us not because it is good for you because god wants to teach you a lesson god wants to bring you to that place to understand you got what you wanted but did it bless you didn't bless israel as a nation they said we they have kings we must have kings they have that we must have that and the church can also be in the same place my friend when i say church i'm not talking about this building i'm talking about everyone seated here and myself as well let us not compare ourselves or oh, they have that the unbelievers are better than the believers if you ever made such comparison please repent today maybe an unbeliever may be prospering but the position that you have in Christ Jesus nothing compare to what the what you have and what they have you have something far more precious unperishable it will be carry forward the only thing not their wealth will be carry forward but your life in christ will be carry forward and but we live 
with such short-term memory. We live for today. Oh, we are not happy with this. Oh, the same thing happens again and again and again. We don't want manna. We don't want quail. We want, I wish we could go back. Oh, when I was in my previous faith, it was better. Oh, the celebrations were better. The things were better. How small our faith is. You know, there are many festivals in this nation. I think you need to, when you come into, come to Christ, now people are trying to, oh, how can we have a Christian way of celebrating Diwali? How can we have Halloween? Some of you laughed. If you, you know, those youngsters, particularly you're sending message, happy Halloween day, repent. Repent. We don't belong there. Just because the world is doing it, you can be in there. I'm not saying running, run away from them. But I'm saying stay there and say that I belong to a God who knows how to take care of my life. And this nation has drifted away because they wanted to compare their life with uh, others. For us and for them, it was always God. Whether it is Red Sea, Jordan, you name it, it was always God. Look at the early church. A group of fishermen was commissioned to take the world mission. And they, they did that with the help of the Holy Spirit. Ordinary fishermen became mighty apostles in the world. They did such signs and wonders. They went into cities and towns and villages and they extended the kingdom of God. This kingdom of God is entirely different from the kingdoms of this world. You and I belong to that kingdom. When everything fails, failed for Israel, God did something in a supernatural way. And he, he, he continues to do that for us even today. Today the church behave as if it is an institution. It seldom reflects the power and the presence of God. I'm not talking about our church. But I think if you're not careful enough, we can say, oh, this is all to this. Let's not get into that. Let's not get into that. I'm saying let's stick to Jesus as close as possible. Right? All those different things that over the period of time people experience. And finally, the Lord himself was their ruler, their captain, their commander, but they failed to recognize that. God never wanted him to be replaced with another king. Though he brought in Saul, though he brought in David, but it was God's intent that we will always look to him as our king this people forgot the history and for us what is relevant for us is this we can also forget our history our history is not only about red sea and jordan and Jer wall of jericho our greatest history that separated to to era all right 
BC and AD. It was the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Through that, through that history, you and I have salvation. Sometimes we can sit here and just think that, you know, oh, salvation, salvation, you always talk about salvation, but you know what, life, I'm just still struggling. If you're struggling, you just need to do, really cast yourself back on God again. If you are saying that my business is not prospering, I want to say that I have no recipe for making your business work, but I know who can make your business work. He is known as Jehovah Jireh. You know, say, but you know, my family, there is no peace. I have no special recipe for your peace process, your family to bring peace. But I know the person who can bring peace, that is Jesus, the Prince of Peace. He said, but I'm, my, my, I'm still sick. I came to this church expecting healing, but I'm still sick. But I know you're sick, but your focus should not be on the church. Your focus should not be on who can bring healing. Your focus should be on God who's our healer. That is how God... So you look at every aspect of our life, every aspect of the life of Israel. God meant it for Israel to be their healer, for their provider, their, uh, um, the, the one who provides them peace, one who provides them victory. Every aspect of Israel, God said, I am, I am. I am, I am. That's what he meant it for them. But they said, no, 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 no. Boring. is old. is not happening. Let's have a king. And guess what? You, they got a king. There's something for us to take home. Are you complaining? For your current situation? Or are you looking for a thrill? Or sometimes that, you know, I was boring here. Maybe some young people feel that way. Or maybe some old people as well. We have Jesus, the Son of God, our greatest high priest. Our greatest mediator. We are sons and daughters of the living God. We have to remind ourselves about the Red Sea, Jordan, the manna, the quail, the water from the rock, the parting of Red Sea, we also have to remind ourselves the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not only the miracles that he performed, that will keep us. So we are not just ordinary people, we are now ambassadors of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. And that's what he intended for us. He wants us to experience the power of God, the fear of the Lord, and God is still the same. Just because our thinking has changed, God hasn't. He's still the same. And I think we just need to come back to God. If you have ever turned away from God and asked for a solution. I want this, not that. Israel did that. They asked for a king. They got it. Maybe you got it what you want to ask for. I want this man. I want this girl. I want this. I want this. I want this job. I want this house. You got everything. But you still feel something is missing. 
Your prayers are answered. But it was not, maybe some things were not in the will of God. If that is who you are, you need to repent. The good thing is, when you repent, He will turn, He will come back, He will restore us. I want everyone to stand please. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we can look at Israel as a nation who walked away, did their own thing. But we are not here to point finger on them, but we want to learn from them. I want to pray God for Living Hope Church, everyone present here. May we never ask for another king, because you are our king. May we never ask for another alternative for healing because you are our healer. May we never ask for some more financial thing as a, as a means of trust and confidence when we know that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider who is willing to provide at all times. Lord, everything that is required, like Paul said, that which is required for life and godliness has come to us through Christ Jesus. So I pray God, our trust and our faith will always be in Jesus. Help us to focus on this king, not looking for another king. And help us to really come under his lordship. Not only seeing him as a savior, but under his lordship. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen.